Now entering Nerdist.com. Welcome to the Writers' Panel. I'm Ben Blacker, the creator and moderator of the podcast. I created the show because I wanted to talk to other writers about the business and process of writing. I've had more than 500 writers on the show, so please check the archives to find more writers and more TV shows of interest to you. I'm a writer myself, having written for Supernatural, Puss in Boots, and other programs. I have a couple of cool projects out this first quarter of 2017 that I hope you'll check out. One is a Supernatural Western comic book series from Boom Publishing that I wrote with my writing partner, Ben Acker, and our friend, the TV showrunner, Andrew Miller. It's beautifully illustrated by Hannah Christensen, and the first issue is available in comic stores and online February 8th. In March comes the first book in a series of young adult novels that Acker and I wrote called Star Wars Join the Resistance. It takes place just before The Force Awakens and is about a bunch of kids who join the fight against the First Order. But mostly they have adventures, fall in love with each other, and get in trouble. I hope you'll check out both of those projects. We're very proud of how they came out. Let me know who you'd like to hear on this podcast by following me on Twitter, at Ben Blacker, like the color, only more so, liking the Writers' Panel on Facebook, and visiting writerspanel.tumblr.com. And if you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Reading those reviews really provides a pick-me-up. They write, they talk, and talk about what they write. Tune in tonight, or whenever the time is right. It's the Writers' Panel with Ben Blacker, and it's starting now. Oh, yeah! Welcome, you guys. I have the creator, showrunner, star of Mary Kills People. I'm going to ask you guys to introduce yourselves so that the listener can differentiate your voices. Uh, starting with you, Tassie. Uh, my name is Tassie Cameron. I'm the showrunner and executive producer of this wonderful show, Mary Kills People. Hi, I'm Tara Armstrong. I'm the creator and co-executive producer of Mary Kills People. Hi, I'm Caroline Deverna. I play Mary and I kill people. <laughs> um, right off the bat, if this is all people listen to, when does the show premiere and where can they find it? Well, April 23rd on Lifetime at 10 p.m. I want to start uh, with you, Tara, as I assume the story did start with you. Uh, Where did this come from? What's wrong with you? Yes, I mean, a lot. (laughs) How much time do we have? Um, I I basically was always obsessed with death as a um, young person. I remember sort of you know, being like 11 years old or something, kind of when you like come into like consciousness and, 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 um, hearing about this, um, top, you know, concept of death and just, uh, really being like, that is crazy that (laughs) I, and I don't, yeah, the idea of it. And like, I don't know how to reconcile that in my brain. Um, and you know, when I finally sort of realized I wanted to be a writer, I knew I wanted to write about death. Like I'd seen some, um, you know, some movies or TV that, you know, where people were talking about death and I found it very cathartic watching those because mm-hmm. I, um, I, you know, I think we keep a lot of our feelings about death inside and we're kind of a death denying society. And I, I feel like when we talk about it, it sort of benefits us and, um, allows us to, you know, have perspective on our lives really. So I, um, was doing a writing degree um, at UBC in Vancouver, where I'm from, and uh, one of the um, assignments I had was a creative nonfiction class was to go into a place of my choosing and do a an immersive article um, about anything, and I chose to go into a hospice, and I interviewed all the doctors and nurses and volunteers who were there. Unfortunately, I couldn't interview the patients, although I would have loved to, mm-hmm. um, and, and I really became interested in the people that 
kind of make death a part of their work. And I really admired them, and I thought they were brave, and I thought they were complicated. And I just had this idea, like, um, in Canada, the sort of topic of assisted dying was being hotly debated. Um, and, and I just had this idea about this female doctor who was providing this service for people. And I thought that's a really interesting character. And, and I can sort of explore my own feelings about mm-hmm. death through this and maybe figure something out. I haven't figured out anything. Well, and I think, yeah. I think that's a really interesting thing about the show, and I'm, I'd be curious to hear from all of you about the conversations that took place around it, uh, that it doesn't take a side, I, mm-hmm. I don't think. I think mm-hmm. it's more asking a lot of questions and exploring a lot of issues. Were these conversations that you guys all had as you got involved with the show? Yeah, we we talked about death more than I've ever talked about death in, <laughs> in my life. Uh, and I think that we wanted to make sure from the very beginning we had all decided we weren't in this to make an issue piece mm-hmm. or a... Uh, anything didactic or you know we we were wanting to make something that was entertaining thoughtful as intelligent as we could um, but not make it an issue piece so we it really involved a lot of discussion about both sides of things how do we how do we interrogate Mary's mission with some intelligence and from both sides mm-hmm. of the of the equation so yeah we talked about it a lot but then the other side of that is creating drama, right? Exactly. I mean, you want to create some sort of narrative out mm-hmm. of this stuff. So I'm curious, actually, just to kind of go back a, a few steps, why television at all? Why was that the means by which to uh, investigate these these thoughts? Um, I had started writing, you know, writing features and wrote a whole bunch of bad features that never saw the light of day that's quite good. correctly. Yeah, yeah. That's practice. <laughs> um, and I... And then at the time, it was kind of like that time when TV was becoming really cool. And I was like, and movies were like, <laughs> like The Sopranos, like yeah, 12. yeah. <laughs> right. um, maybe yeah. a little, like a little bit after that sort yeah. of era. Um, but it, yeah, the golden age of TV, as we all say, it was around that time. And I was like, wow, well, like TV is really cool and exploring some um, awesome stories and really going in new directions. And I, it just was kind of a no brainer. Like I never considered it for a for a feature, um, and, I, and I'd sort of switched over from writing features to writing a bunch of bad TV scripts also that never saw the light of day, and then, and then wrote Mary. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so you wrote it uh, on spec. Yeah. Um, what were your expectations of it? You know, it's such a funny question because I don't think... I was even thinking so far ahead. Of course, you like have dreams of like wanting it to be made, but I really was at, at a point where like I wanted to write something that I was passionate about. I had heard this quote or read something somewhere. You know, write not what you know necessarily, but what keeps you up at night and what upsets you or angers you. And for me, like that was death. And I, and so I just really set out to like write this for myself in a way and you know and it is surprising to me that it has or that it did sort of connect with so many people mm-hmm. I, it's, I mean listen I've done 600 of these mm-hmm. it's it's sort of not surprising in that when you write something you care about yeah. it does connect with yeah. people yeah. Um, uh, Tassie at what point did you get involved 
Uh, I got involved, I was helping on a different show, and I was reading writers, uh, you know, to see about who to, who to hire on mm-hmm. this other show. And Tara's script came in, and I'd heard great things about it from a bunch of other people, and I read it. And of course, she got the job on the show, but um, I, I sort of thought, God, that would be fun to work on. That is so smart. And I, I felt what you want to feel as an executive producer on on someone else's mm-hmm. show, which is a little tiny twinge of envy. You know, like, I wish I'd written that, <laughs> you know? Um, and and I wish I'd thought of that. And when you have that little twinge, then it, if you get a chance to work on something like that with that person, it's a great thing. Yeah. So, so cut to a couple months later, and uh, the broadcaster in the studio came to me and said, would you consider coming on board to help hmm. make this show? And so it was the first one through... My uh, my sister and I just started a, our own company, and hmm. it was the fir- it's our first... Um, it's Cameron Pictures That's Productions. Right. So. Congrats. That's really cool. Thanks. Um, what were you, other than, you know, the... the clear talent and passion on the page was were there other things you were responding to is there a reason this was the project i mean you come you've worked on a lot of different mm-hmm. shows you're the uh, co-creator of of a show um you know you could probably kind of have your pick of things to do why is why was mary kills people the the one i mean really it it was tara's voice was so unique and so special and uh so intelligent and that that really that was the first thing, and then I think what appealed to me, I, I've been kind of looking at what I gravitate to creatively, and I think that I really am drawn to stories about complicated women who have shadow selves and and who have a kind of public self and a private self, and the good girl and the bad girl, and that that kind of dichotomy about. Uh, that, that I think so many women feel and experience, and and I seem to be drawn to narratives about that, and this was one of those. Where where have we seen that in the past from you? I think you've seen it. Um, I mean, I think you did, Rookie Blue was not is not a great example of that. It, it I, I think you will see it more in the future project mm-hmm. that I am working on right now, where which is called Ten Days in the Valley, and mm-hmm. it's very much that. And um, but I, I, I realized that that's, at, you know, now at this stage in my life, I, I'm drawn to tell stories of really f- flawed women, yeah. interesting women, and uh, not just kind of conventional cop shows or law <laughs> shows. Yeah, it, it's funny how, you know, after we work on a certain number of things, we sort of find zero in on those things that interest us uh, and can sort of attack that going forward. Um, And I'm curious to hear about that from you. You know, again, you've worked on all kinds of television shows. What makes this different and what what drew you to it? Well, I guess it had everything that I was looking for. So brilliant writing, a very strong female part. Um, As an actor, you read so many female parts still that are the woman, you know, standing by her man and he's going through so much and she's ready to take it all and be okay with everything. And of course, they're not all like that, but still a lot of that is being written. And every time I read it, I'm at a point in my career now where I've been doing this for a very long time and I don't want it to ever get boring and I want to feel challenged still. And also, I've been really lucky in the past couple of years. I've, get, I've had great parts, so I'm in a situation where I can choose what I want to do. And so when this part came along, she's an actor's dream come true, really, because there are so many layers. There's comedy and drama, and, and it's smart, and there's room to be exactly not a perfect woman, someone who's flawed and filled with contradictions and passions and... 
And it was also wonderful because it was a short commitment. Six episodes for an actor, I think, is great because you can actually... Imagine being there for three months and a half or whatever and then having a life and not being completely exhausted at the end of the year and going, oh, my God, where did my life go? You know, so all of that made it really perfect for me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'm so happy it all worked out because when I was shooting, I I realized I had been yearning for this kind of part for so long. But I I did not want to sign on to something that was like 23 episodes, perhaps for seven years. And then what if you don't? What if it doesn't happen the way you want it to? And and this everything really came along and came out together so beautifully. And I'm really, really blessed to be part of it. Uh, you know, look, I, as good as everything was, there would be no show there. I mean, I feel like you... You're in almost every scene. You carry a lot of the emotional weight of She's a busy this. woman. <laughs> uh, I'm curious to hear about, you know, once casting was done, what are the conversations that the three of you had? Uh, again, you're carrying a lot of weight in this show. What's riding on this character for you? And, and for you guys, you know, how do you, how do you write this complicated character? It's a big question, but, you know, how do you get away with a lot of the things that Mary gets away with? For me... I guess, you know, I I respond to, as we, you know, Tassie and Caroline have both said, uh, they're really just, it's just women that are, that are human beings. You're like, you like, know, that's all it is. It's like, they are not perfect all the time. They make mistakes. They make crazy decisions. Um, I am one of these women. And so for me, it, I don't know. It just, uh, it was, it's really the only thing I want to write. And, um... And felt like you know very natural um, to me, and I you know I think Caroline, I like I always say Caroline's the best thing that ever happened to me. Oh, um, that's true. <laughs> because that's so nice to hear. Thank you, you know, like she embodied everything that this character was, and I you know I do think that there were like some concerns about the character, like she is doing this thing, she's a mother, you know. Um, does that line up? And I think, like, you know, all the sort of compassion that Caroline brought to it, and it really, like, you're able to go on this ride with her. And I think had that, had we not, you know, been so lucky, it could have gone the other way. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, uh, point that I think a lot of writers misunderstand, mm-hmm. is, you know, what, what an actor can bring mm-hmm. to that role. I'm curious, as you wrote the pilot initially, did you have to ask yourself where the line was for Mary? Did you find yourself going down have, wrong I roads? I have no line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, to make it a TV show. Yeah. Right, that's what I'm curious about. Yeah. Like, there's one thing to writing yeah. this character that we know, yeah. you know, as a writer, well, I can, I can yeah. make her as bad or as good as I want her to be, but then you have to contend with networks and other people. So, so tell me about those conversations. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think... What excites me is pushing the boundaries. Like, I I really, the shows that I respond to are almost always, like, a female character that is unique and something we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. And um, so for me, I was, like, really interested in doing that and wanting to do that. But, you know, I think we did. We had a lot of conversations about this character and um, and making sure that, that that the audience would be able to go along on this journey with her, and I think it's a fine balance. And I th- I think I hope we found it. Um, but yeah, it's really it's really interesting. I think a big part of it was, and and in some ways the biggest question we kept 
asking ourselves and also getting asked was why does Mary do this? Mm-hmm. And that was that became in in trying to answer that question, it became a fundamental part of the structure of the show, which is we're not just going to give you in episode one some nugget, some pat nugget. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of kind of backstory that just you're going to swallow it and go oh well that's why she does it mm-hmm. and and it was hard it was, it was hard to resist doing that because so many people wanted to understand so deeply yeah. so early and we had to fight I, I would say quite hard to uh, protect our desire to make that part of the mystery mm-hmm. why Mary does what she does and, and who she is kind of in a primal emotional way was was something we wanted to arc over the six episodes and that's something we did have to fight to protect and it's great that you did because that, that's why people hang on and want to know and they're yeah. curious it reminds me of who killed laura palmer you know <laughs> apparently they were told to really re- reveal who killed her so early on and they were fighting and fighting so that it didn't happen and then they had to at some point because the pressure was strong but once you know the edge is taken away a little bit, or or it can be, you know. And now yeah. we know at the end of the sixth episode of, of season one, but and it gives us a, a full comprehension of, of who she is. But still, she's still filled with mystery, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it reveals a facet and, and yeah. gives you lots of other questions. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think in a really effective way. Was was this question, which I know, I mean, this is a big pilot question, mm-hmm. right? Is like, why does why does the person do the thing she does? Was that something you contended with in the pilot? Were you even concerned with it? It's a complicated answer. I, I, you know, I had written the pilot originally. I wrote this when I was at university, and and I had had it workshopped, and and I didn't have an answer in the pilot, and it came up as it does. You know, why is she doing this? And for me, it never <laughs> felt like that was. I, I sort of agree. It's like once you. Uh, give that answer, you lose something. And so I think it's like you want to keep, you know, even in season one, we did strip away a lot of layers of this character, but there's more to be found in Mm -hmm. what's driving her. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes her interesting. And um, so when I, I did rewrite the pilot and put that in, put an answer in, um, but yeah, as soon as we went to production, I was like, I don't want this in here. Like, I think that, <laughs> you know, I, we, yeah. I think that we can do better and, and sort of challenge ourselves to mm-hmm. um, reveal it slowly. And, yeah. and that's what's fascinating about television, too. When you make a movie, you know everything about your story. Mm-hmm. You know where you're heading. You know where your character's coming from most of the time. But when you're doing a show that can potentially go for, for years... As a writer, it must be you know fascinating too to kind of abandon yourself to not knowing what's going to happen. And as an actor too, like I don't know, you could come up with something that's really important for Mary that I never knew in season mm-hmm. one, you know. Mm-hmm. And I kind of it's scary sometimes, but I love that as well because it's like real life, you know. You don't know what's coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, how does that change? I mean, again, we're only talking about six episodes, but the character does change. And I assume all of these scripts weren't done before production, or were they? Well, they were supposed to have been done before. <laughs> we, we block shot all six scripts. Oh, you did? We did, okay. which was extraordinarily challenging for the writers and probably worse for Caroline. Uh, <laughs> Caroline had to, I, I think her first scene was from episode four. Or th- anyway, wow, she had, yeah. it, it was very, very, it, the, yeah. her performance is so amazing. And to think that it was block shot out of order. That's was, incredible. How do you, you contend with something like that? 
You really do what you can. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. You you have to be a good student and have your scripts with you at all times so that you can go back before shooting the next scene and go, okay, where am I? I had notes and, you know, where she is emotionally. But hmm. And I had done a French-Canadian show uh, the summer before where we shot two seasons in one, so 20 episodes in complete disorder. So to me, six was a bit like, okay, I've done this. I know I can sort of make it happen for, with 20, so maybe six, it'll be like a walk in the park compared to 20. But And it's not a walk in the park, but it felt like I could do it. You know, I had had my practice, and I felt like an athlete who was ready for it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'm curious to hear, uh, listen, you guys are all very nice and Canadian. And <laughs> um, we can be very... <laughs> how do things work over there, up there? Are they different to here? Um, I mean, clearly, you know, some of you have, have know how we do things here, but uh, is the... Is it, is it, it sounds like, from what I've heard, it is somewhere between the U.S. television uh, method and sort of a British model, uh, where there isn't always a writer's room. Um, how did your writing staff work? Did you have a staff? Was it just the two of you? Well, we... No, it wasn't just the two of us. We okay. had <clears throat> uh, Marsha Green uh, on for the whole time, who was amazing, and we had Sherry White... Who, on as a consultant, we had Mike Goldback in writing in episodes, but we really to be to be fair to us, uh, we <laughs> we really only had I would, three weeks mm -hmm. together, a few of us mm -hmm. sitting in a room trying to develop this and arc it out, and we basically broke the season in those three weeks, wow. and then we had to work virtually with Mike who was in LA and. Sherry, who was in LA, and and it was so it was really Tara and Marsha and me sitting in my backyard, horrifying my neighbors, <laughs> you know, as we talked about different ways to kill people, right. and you know, um, what did you guys know coming into that? Like, how long had you two been talking? What did you have even in your head for what this series could be? Um, I had some, but I I I had sort of thought of it as. A ten episode, which is like totally different yeah. structure, and six. You know, like I hadn't watched a lot of six, um, and what we found was like six needed to be so contained and um, like a movie. We always sort of call it, like refer to this as like a, a long movie, and so that was really different. And we had to kind of like introduce things and pay them off so quickly and. Um, yeah, like it was, and then some of what had happened in the pilot. I basically cram my pilots full of action because it makes for a good read when you're trying to sell them. Um, but then, but too much was happening in the pilot, and so we actually like pulled some of what was from my original pilot and had like that be the end of episode two, which was a totally good call. Um, and but yeah, it was. Um, it was crazy because we we had we were supposed to have all six done, but we basically were rewriting every week and and being like, what are we shooting this week? What problems we were still getting network notes? We were like, what problems are we still trying to fix? What scenes are left to try to fix those problems? Um, and it became this like very sort of like weird analytical like how puzzle yeah was, a Tetris was, thing, but it was. Um, you know, and I, we literally, you know, like as all writers will know, like for the uh, revision pages, like we were on like 
quadruple <laughs> golden, golden rod. rod. Like it was crazy. And I was just like, I, I just at the end, I was like, I'm sorry. Everybody hates me. We promised um, our AD and our producer a bottle of champagne on the yeah. the 100th revision. And they, they got that by yeah. like the first week or second <laughs> yeah. week or something. Oh it was gosh. amazing. And we, we, had, we did, were doing rewrites on the very last day of shooting. So. What? Why? <laughs> well, I think partly because we're perfectionists. Which is um, a good answer. I yeah. mean, that was really my question. Like, was this coming from you guys? Was this coming it was. from network? Was it coming from it was actors, com- directors? It was coming from us, I would yeah. say, mm-hmm. primarily. I mean, of course, uh, we we loved our actors, and, and I, I think people felt very free to, to give us feedback, and we would mm-hmm. adjust. And mm-hmm. So, of course, that. But I think it was... Um, it was mostly Tara's uh, unwillingness to let anything be bad or or boring or unsurprising mm-hmm. or um, or just convenient. And also Marsha, because Marsha, every now Marsha will be like, I I love Marsha, but she'll she'll just be like. <sighs> And I'll be like, oh, God, Marsha, you're going to blow it up and we're going to have to yeah. fix it. But it's like, I love that she does that because it makes it better. Like, it's, yeah. it's as much as a yeah. pain in the ass it's as it, it can It's be. like I get anxiety when I hear her make that noise, but then I know it's good. I know that we need to do it. Sure. So what I'm curious, I mean, was it refining? What was the size of these changes as you went through? It sounds like it was a lot of, as you say, not making it something we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think some like basic really the back half was just at a rougher stage mm-hmm. of so it like felt mm-hmm. kind of first drafty and so a lot of it was scene work just making the scene um, better and just you know polishing the dialogue but there were you know like it sort of like the week before production we stripped out a whole storyline wow, and really? um, we were dealing yeah. too with, with some real production concerns oh, yeah. we, we lost a, a, ba- a major location because of the story matter the oh, content wow. yeah, yeah. Uh, right at the last minute. So we were dealing with, you know, suddenly the the other hospital we were going to shoot at learned what the show was about and said no way. So you know we were dealing we were dealing with some real production mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. weather and you know all the usual yeah. stuff. Um, that uh, but it, yeah, it was mo- it was mostly refining. It was mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. making the scenes better. What in these conversations when you had those three weeks of having the other writers there? I'm curious to hear what you guys learned about the story and what the story could be versus you know what you expected of it. And you can speak specifically. Yeah, I, I think mean, we'll kind of put this out halfway through the run so people will have seen uh, enough of it. I, I would say that yeah. I learned that Grady was yes, a revelation totally. for me, the bad guy, the yeah. drug dealer. That that wasn't something. That I had, I thought it was all going to be the cat and mouse between Mary and mm-hmm. Ben, mm-hmm. and that that was going to be the driving force. And it is a huge part of the driving force. But I think early on, and I, I think it was actually Mike Goldback who came in and said, "I feel like we need a, a triangle, like a third mm-hmm. piece of this puzzle, yeah. mm-hmm. this bad guy." And that I thought was revelatory and and mm-hmm. and kind of cracked it open. So it wasn't just between Mary and Ben; it was between Mary and Grady and. And Grady and her kids, and you know, it was a very to make it a triangle instead of a mm-hmm. yeah. of a whatever that is. It adds a lot of meat to that. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> a line, yeah. family show. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm curious about the conversations you guys had in trying to crack 
before that triangle came in, trying to crack the story between just the Mary and Ben, that seems very difficult to me, even in six episodes, which is very short. Uh, there's, it feels like there's not a whole lot of potential story there. I think, luckily, Mike brought that to us on the first day. And mm, when he right. did, we were like, yes, you're right. <laughs> Let's do that. Right. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, it, thank you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I mean, I think with the Mary Ben storyline, you know, yes, it was a challenge because you, it's, you're trying to build this chemistry and this love story in some way. Yeah. But at the same time, he's hunting her and she's evading him and and there's you don't want to double beat that and right. make either they they're both they're both trying to outwit each other and I don't I think we did an okay job at it um but it was very important to have the other components the 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 you know the Des storyline of the betrayal the the Grady storyline the teenage girls the mm-hmm. the Louise the lawyer you know the ex-husband like that kind of the hospital stories the different pressures were important I think yeah, there's still, I mean, for as packed as you say your pilot script was, there's still so much story mm-hmm. in these six episodes. Um, what is the stuff you guys liked to watch? What is the stuff that you feel like was the input for this eventual output? I'll ask that of all of you. Well, at the end of the day, when I watched all the episodes, I love the moments with the patients. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I, is that the question? Yeah. It is now. Okay. Well, what's the question? Like no, watching think, TV in general? I think that's very interesting. Okay. Um, I like your question better. Okay. Um, <laughs> what was it about those scenes which are such a different flavor to so much of the other, the rest of the show? Well, as Mary says in one of the episodes, there are moments where everything matters and doesn't matter. And I love that line, by mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. That was Marsha Green. <laughs> Um, it's uh, they're packed with tension and emotion and what could have been and what wasn't and it's just there's so much to play with in those scenes and it's why we're there right I mean that's what the story is about really and when you know why Mary's doing this well you understand why these moments are even more important in the show because it's what she's trying to fix what she's trying to go back to what really shaped her as a human being and so anyway, um, yeah. So if that's the question now, those were my <laughs> that's, favorite that's moments. That's very interesting to me. <laughs> um, you know, I mentioned earlier that there's so much emotional weight that you have to carry as this character, and those scenes in particular uh, seem seem tough. What, what were the challenges of? these scenes. I mean, how do you... Look, I'm not an actor. I don't understand how you do what you do, but how do you get yourself in that emotional place? I don't know what I do. It's so <laughs> hard to analyze. And But, you know, um, anything that feels... I think actors love to, to get into those moments. You know, that's why we're there. We like crying, screaming, you know, all that. <laughs> and those moments are... You just stop the running around, and the, which is fun, too, mm-hmm. and the banter and all that, which is great to play. But everything kind of calms down and then you confess something or you you hear someone's confession and and I don't know it's just a meaningful moment that really rings true and and feels good mm-hmm. and yeah I mean it was a very emotionally dense you know show to to carry at times because a lot happens but but it's so much more fun than than not feeling anything and and feeling like this scene doesn't really 
belong because <laughs> it's sure. boring or whatever. <laughs> There's There was so much to play with all the time. And actually, the most challenging ones weren't those moments. I think it were the comedic moments because how do you know that it's going to work since sure. you have such a dense subject matter? And they felt good doing them, but it was a leap of faith at times going, is this going to match with the tone of, you know, and then when I watch it, it does. But, you know, at times I know that with the director, Richard and I were like, are, is this moment working? Because, or is it going to feel like now we're doing comedy, you know? But I think that they were very, the levity was so important to have. Yeah. And I've been saying this while we, while we were promoting the show, it's like going to a funeral. When you, when you realize how lucky you are to be alive, all you want to do is go have sex and drink and laugh. And I think those moments are a testament to, to them being to uh, feeling the need to just have something to mm-hmm. to think about something else and that's the intensity of what they were just you know going through with the patients yeah and i think the opening scene to the entire series is a great encapsulation of yes. all of those tones exactly. and emotions and yeah. Yeah. if people are on board for that they're on board for I love the, the first 2 minutes of the show yeah. i think they really set the tone for what the show truly is they really do it's great. Um, I'm curious to hear from you guys about writing those. Um, look, they're murder scenes. Um, <laughs> those the the scenes with the patients. They're doing a tricky thing very often. I mean, and a thing that we're not often told to do as writers, which is have your character play two things at once, more than two things, um, which is the most interesting thing to watch, certainly. But it's a hard thing to write. I'm curious about navigating those scenes. You know, I. I think for me, because I sort of use humor to get through situations, like as Caroline said, it's like you go to a funeral and it's like, how do you cope with it? And sometimes the best way of coping with it is is like laughing or making an inappropriate joke. And and so, yeah, because I just sort of think like life and death are absurd and it's like if we can't laugh at them, how are we going to like... You know, not kill ourselves, basically. So spending So yeah, I I just little golf, (laughs) real Wednesday (laughs) Adams. I don't know. I just uh, we always sort of tried to honor the real emotion of death and dying and the dying process, but also tried to subvert. that with humor mm-hmm. when appropriate and and I think the, it, it, it partly was because of you know this is what I believe these characters would do as you know Des and Caroline have to sort of compartmentalize like mm-hmm. the reality of taking these lives over and over and over again and how do they cope with that and that they do sort of turn to humor um, to do that and there's something interesting to me about that and I think like in my sort of research I think some doctors and nurses do that because mm-hmm. how how else are they going to get through their day seeing yeah. what they seeing what they see? There was I, I remember though the in episode two with Yvonne mm-hmm. right and we'd been working on this these the scene with her it's she's the one um, who has the teenage boy mm-hmm. and we kind of we it, it was very cerebral we're sort of working on that scene and you're rewriting and we're rewriting and and it was not till we shot that scene that I realized how hard it was going to be being present for that you know that you can kind of write about death and you sort of say well and her eyes close and out she goes Mm -hmm. and then when you're seeing it play out in that slow way that's so on TV Mm -hmm. that's not just like a gunshot and then Mm -hmm. you cut Mm -hmm. to commercial or whatever I found it immensely powerful and I Mm -hmm. I think that from that moment on I felt like we all including the director and even the actors took that 
responsibility more it was became a more profound thing mm-hmm. than I'd imagined. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Did did you guys feel that? Maybe as well? she didn't feel that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, more profound than I had uh, imagined. Um, from, from that scene forward. Although who knows when that could yeah, have been she, the way you yeah, shot. I, <laughs> she, I don't know if that was that could have been at the end of the shoot. I feel like it was sort of early. It was just one of those moments that I just I remember thinking, this is wow, what we're doing is it's heavy, you know, mm-hmm. in a yeah. way that I hadn't. Yeah. yeah, there were yeah there were other scenes. I know the one where Des meets Morgan for the first time. Like that scene, because that actor who played Morgan was so good and Richard is so amazing. Like that felt. There were there were comedic elements to that scene, but then what ended up being was just like mm-hmm. really straight drama. Which I remember that being like, oh, this is surprising how the sort of like subject matter is dictating the tone in a way that we didn't always imagine. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's one thing yeah. to intellectualize, yeah, it, mm-hmm. right? totally, and the other to yeah. really be living in those scenes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Um, what were the specific challenges to this show? I, again, we'll ask this of any of you. Um, what was hard about it that maybe on a different show you would not have encountered, other than the, the insane schedule? And lack of money. <laughs> and lack of money. Well, you might encounter that on another show. That's true. Um, was it not a, a uh, very big budget? I, I'm not complaining about the budget, but you, right. whenever you... I mean, I, I would say only this, that I think it looks like it costs five times what it costs. Really? That's, it looks great. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I would say... I, you know, money is always a, a struggle, and mm-hmm. and uh, um, and trying to make you you you're fighting for the best music and the best actors, mm-hmm. and everything's a kind of juggle. But um, no, I'm being a bit facetious about that. Uh, but that I mean, that is something you have to contend with as a, an executive producer on a show. Um, what did you? I mean, I like here I am in LA doing this other show, and for the first time in my life, <laughs> I I saw a rain tower. Like I've ne- I'm in Canada, right? Like we don't do rain. T- I've never That's seen funny. a rain tower. You just wait it, for rain. Uh, yeah, or you or you say it's raining and then it doesn't, and then you right. don't have rain. You know, so that the, it's a different scope in Canada. You kind of work with what you're. You work with what you have a bit more. I'm curious to hear about, and I'm going to come back to you guys on challenges to think about that. I'm curious to hear about what you learned from past experiences that you brought to this show. I mean. I'm sure every experience has been a learning one, but specifically on production, for example. Um, I think that the ma- mantra or mantra or whatever uh, that I've, I, I mean, scripts and casting, I mm-hmm. just, I say it all the time. It's, that's what matters deeply and to not get too hung up. I mean, of course the wardrobe matters, of course the music, of course, of course, right. but if the scripts aren't right it's not going to be right and if the casting's not right it's not going to be right so the yeah. to focus 90% of the creative energy on scripts and casting uh and to and to be flexible collaborative to accept great ideas where they come from you know uh, part of the fina- the finale episode came from our ad making a joke at a party you know like hear- <laughs> being open hearing you know so I think those are some things that's that is all great advice absolutely yeah that's important stuff all right Challenges? Listen, you've worked on some tough shows. <laughs> uh, you've been covered in blood, you know. We've, Many times. Yeah. Uh, what was different about this, and and what were some of the specific challenges? I'm curious specifically about this character. Well, I guess being the lead of a show, it's a more personal thing. But it's how do you keep your energy level up so that you're completely there and available emotionally for everything. 
and it's easier at the beginning or not because you're suddenly in this project that you were thinking about now it's a reality and the days are long and and you don't know your character yet and you, you don't know the crew you're, that you're working with so it's a big change in your life yeah. so there's there's that but of course by the end of the the two months and a half or three months then it's just getting the energy to to finish it in, in the same you know state of mind that you had at the beginning where you had all the energy and yeah. and all that so yeah i guess it was very as we said before emotionally there was a lot to to play with and the weekends were short because i had to learn my lines for the rest of the week so i didn't really have a lot of i did have a week off at some point which was magical <laughs> but um yeah so i'd say it was it was that and also on a other personal level it's how do you have time for the people in your life when you're completely taken by yeah. a project you know and you think about it all the time as anyone who's in an artistic field when you're painting something everywhere you go you have that on your mind so you're kind of half half there you know so how do you i mean this is a question that comes up a lot of writers of actors you know how do you balance your work in your life you do Poorly. you do it because <laughs> you don't have a choice you just kind of make your way through and and that's it and you try to eat healthy and and go to bed not too late and and not have too much alcohol. Sure. <laughs> this, this, this is what you do. <laughs> These are all very good tips for people. Yeah. Um, Tara, what what were the challenges on this? I mean, this is your first show. Yeah. You had worked at, uh, you had been staffed on other shows, is that right? One show. One show? Yeah. And you had kind of come up as an assistant? Yeah, I was a producer's assistant. And so you knew the yeah, world. It I wasn't all world, foreign yeah. to you. Um, no. But all of a sudden, yeah. you have a show. Yes. And I find daily life challenging, so <laughs> I would say that, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was just a huge learning curve and, um, you know, uh, specific challenges. I can't even really think of it. I just think the, the business of making a TV show is incredibly challenging for everybody involved. What are you going to take with you from this experience when you are running your own show? which is going to be your next experience. I'm sorry, Tassie won't be there to help you. <laughs> um, oh, God. I mean, I do feel like I've learned so much, and I'm, I'm excited to, to, to do another show and sort of just take everything that I've learned and um, really, you know, sort of start at a different level than I was at. Um, specifically, I mean, I think... I think a lot of it is like trusting your instincts, like knowing that, you know, if you are passionate about the story and that it, it really is important to sort of just um, trust that you kind of like you got it like you in <laughs> sure. and it's and it's hard because, um, yeah, it, it was a hard uh, thing on this show just to sort of like learn that um the material, you know, goes through so many notes process. And I love notes. Like I always say, like notes make everything so much better. But at the end of the day, it's like if something really doesn't feel right, it's like you've got to stand up for that. Did you trust yourself to know that you know this show, which you created better than anyone else? Or did, was that something you had to learn? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. It's a really hard question. Um <laughs> I'm thinking about that story when, at the end of it all, and I said, I, I can't remember how it came up, but we were talking about what you learn 
what you had learned from this process. Yeah. And I had the complete oh, opposite right, answer right, right, right. from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 oh, God. I said, are we going to tell this story? <laughs> yeah, I think you are. Well, I mean, I was like, you you learned to compromise. And she's and at the exact same time, she said, not to compromise. <laughs> and I thought it was That's such terrific. a perfect encapsulation yeah. of what we all learned on this show, which is, of course, you have to compromise. Like, when you, when you don't have the money to do something or you can't mm-hmm. make it work or you have to rewrite that scene for whatever reason, you have to compromise. And but as but but Tara and we had to also learn when to say no. We're yeah. not doing it. We don't believe in it. And mm-hmm. or I'm putting my faith behind Tara, and she knows this character better than anybody. And yeah. so I think mm-hmm. it was a combination of learning to compromise and not to compromise. That's, that <laughs> may be the smartest thing I've heard here. In years. Like that absolutely encapsulates what it is to yeah. make a show. Right? Yeah. That's really funny. Yeah. Um, listen, you guys, will end on an easy question. Uh, what are you watching on TV right now? What is getting you excited or inspired? What are you talking about with your Friends, your family, your loved ones. Before we do that, one more time, let's plug uh, Mary Kills People. Premiering when? April 23rd at 10 p.m. Lifetime. Watch it, you guys. You'll like it. What are you watching on television right now? I'm not watching television (laughs) right now. I'm sorry. I'm not. What entertainments are you putting in your brain? (laughs) I'm reading books. I'm going through that phase. I don't understand. (laughs) I know. And I'm going to the museum and looking at paintings. What books have you read? Anything you want to recommend? Um, yeah, I read Krishna Murti. I don't know how you say it in English. Um, Indian philosopher. Wow. Uh, freedom from the known, I think, is... Uh, freedom from the unknown? I don't remember. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> you guys have my <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah. Either way, we're free of something. Yeah. yeah, just anyway. What are you reading or watching, Tara? What are you putting in your brain? I know. Yeah, okay, let's do it. Exact same time. One, two, two, three. Big Big Little Lies. (laughs) We're both really into it right now. Well, we're done it. It's amazing. It is really It's amazing. It's beautiful. You should watch it, Caroline. Yes, and I I know the director, so I I really should. He's a French-Canadian as well. French-Canadian, and watching what that an artist like that did with that material and those actors is really exciting. That's great. So that's... I'm getting back into girls. I watched all of girls. Just in time yeah. for a ten. Yeah, I mean, I, the, I <laughs> yeah. kept hearing things about this last season. And yeah, I'm, so good. I'm just, yeah. you know, I, I've loved that show. I kind of dipped off for a bit, but I'm I'm back on the girls' train just in time for it to be over. And that I'm looking forward to Twin Peaks, by oh, the way. Nice. So much. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> are you looking forward to that? Absolutely. Okay, what are you watching? No, we, no, we don't turn it around. Like that. This is Right now <laughs> is the best time for TV. The Americans is on. Mm-hmm. Fargo is on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Better Call Saul is on. Mm-hmm. Survivor is on. I love Survivor. I <laughs> right? watch. Yes, I watch Did reality. You watch last week? Show. No, but I just. Oh, shit. I will. <laughs> I will not watch it and then tune into an episode and be so engaged, like that I'll literally gasp yeah. during the challenges that they have. Like it's just. I don't know what it is about that show. It is as it's good just as pulls fiction. Me in. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. I will cut out all of that. Um, (laughs) Mary Kills People, April 23rd. Uh, Watch that show. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you. Now leaving Nerdist.com.